The Playful Psychologist podcast is hosted by me, Emily Hanlon, a clinical psychologist who primarily works with children and adolescents. This podcast has been designed to offer support to new psychologists who may feel as though they are drowning in uncertainty. It has also been designed to inform and educate parents and teachers on all things child development. Along with some special guests, I explore different aspects of child development, including developmental disorders and emotional regulation, while also advocating for those who may be falling through the cracks in our current system. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Playful Psychology Podcast. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about communicating with daycares and kindergartens and preschools and all of that. And I think this is a question I get a lot, and I think I have a bit more experience uh, professionally when it comes to managing, like talking to teachers in like big school settings, primary school settings, that sort of thing. So I thought what better way to explore this topic than speak to an early childhood educator themselves. So I am joined by Jade today. Jade, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and and who you are and the work that you do? Uh, Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Jade and I work in a preschool at the moment in a kindergarten setting. Um, I have worked in in daycare as well. Um, I've been an educator for, I think it's going on four years now, um, after a change of career uh, out of the banking industry, actually. Oh, that's a big into, change. Yeah, fairly big change into <laughs> early childhood. Um, and I really found my passion here. And um, the reason I changed was for my own children. I was faced with having to return to the workforce and didn't um, think I could leave my child. Mm. <laughs> and so I um, I ended up working with my children at the centre that I was at um, and fell in love and now hoping to become a kinder teacher in the future. I'm currently enrolled um, in university. So it's very big um, shift, but really happy in this industry now. Oh my God, that's awesome. I love that so much. And I think just side note, like you're just never too old or young for a change of pace. Hey, like just if you've got, if you're feeling like stuck in a rut, you've got the power to do something. So that I think that's so awesome that you did that. And I love that you're like, so I went to school with them. <laughs> I yeah. love that yeah. so much. Yeah. So <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about like um, you're obviously a parent um, and, uh, you know, young educator. So what are the biggest difficulties as an educator that you face in that daycare or preschool setting when it comes to like behavior or or wanting to talk to parents about a diagnosis and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I can think of a, a couple of different challenges that we face. Um one is like lack of knowledge. Mm. Um so um, and I say that in a broad sense um of that Yes, we have um, we have our training and we have our um, our education that comes through um, to, that we do ourselves to become early childhood educators and teachers. But then I think beyond that, a lack of knowledge of what we see as behavior, yeah, okay. and what, what is actually trying to be communicated by the child, yeah. So totally get that. I think sometimes that it's very. Um, you know, it can be very obvious at times and other times it's it's just not obvious of why mm-hmm. why we're seeing certain behaviours in children. And then as early childhood edu- educators sort of working out 
what is typical and what is not and then how we can support each children each child because it's so um it's so individual as yeah. well that's it I think um, it's really like it's a good point because I always say so like I'm a child psychologist right so you would think that I have a lot of university-based training in child development I don't I did two subjects on child development in two in seven years of uni and they were both electives so if I don't have that understanding like and that's my whole degree <laughs> like yes. you know it's not it's not this common knowledge that I think um you know, everyone expects it to be. And I know uh, having spoken to a lot of teachers and, and um, early childhood educators, it's not something that like behaviour and emotional development is not necessarily something that's spoken about or you're taught about at university. And it's kind of like left up to you guys to go do that training yourselves. Yeah, and and seek that information. And you have to be really um, proactive in your mm. approach because there, there's, there's also... Uh, you know, if you think about teachers who have been in the industry or educators who have been in the industry for 20 years, obviously there is a lot of change mm. that has happened and progressed about our understanding of social and emotional development. Yes. Um, and we do have um, such a broad knowledge base of children's needs yeah. and children's um, social and emotional, like, milestones, as, yeah. you, as you'd say, but sort of beyond that of understanding and I thought psychologists would have like a whole year on mm. on say, like uh, more specific behavioural need. Uh, that mm. was my assumption and yeah. I only recently realised that that's not the case, like mm. that you sort of the same thing, you need to specialise in in that sort of area and get that knowledge, um, you know, and it's the same for us. We have to, we get our, our base knowledge and we're sort of constantly seeking more understanding of how we can support children mm. do you find it really difficult to like approach a parent if if you've highlighted that there's a potential concern like maybe you don't know what's triggering it but maybe there's a behavior that you're as a center are finding really tricky to manage do you find it really yeah. challenging to have those conversations with parents or do you find that like even though it's a hard conversation most of the time parents are really like proactive and on board uh, it's a bit of a mix. Mm -hmm. um, it, you can sort of read um, which parents are more open. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it doesn't come from, a, um, for most parents that I witness, it's more uh, the the shock, I guess, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, of, yeah. Or, oh, no, it'll it'll just, it's it's fine, like it's sort of normal thing. It'll pass. It's a phase. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we have to be really careful as well. We're not psychologists. We're yeah. not um, doctors. So we can sort of um, say, you know, these are the things that we're experiencing in this environment. Um, you know, what sort of things can we put into place to support the child at okay. home and at the, the mm -hmm. centre? But um, at the end of the day, it comes down to what the parent's willing to um, yeah. willing to hear as yeah. well. And, and I've personally, um, my daughter has gone through, um, I've gone through this with my daughter. And even as an early childhood educator who was who was in the position of talking mm. to parents, I didn't see it in, I, I, I didn't, it didn't fit the stereotype that I yeah. thought it was. So, um, and that was a real confusing time for me personally. Sure. So that has really helped me move forward with those conversations because totally. I now have 
been on the other side. Yeah, I, I yeah. can I can relate to both situations and sort of give the parents the space that they might need to um and I'll just work on the strategies within the space. Yeah. And then um hopefully give them any tools that I have access to. Um and then it's their journey really. Yeah, totally. You know? Love that. So like obviously you're speaking on your own experiences here and obviously not speaking on behalf of every single early child yes. educator in the world. Yeah. But like based yeah. on your experiences, let's say, because um, I guess as an allied health clinician, I'm really mindful of like when I go into a school or when I go into a preschool, I really don't want it to come across as if I'm being like, hey, this is what you should be doing because your approach isn't working or you're not doing it properly. Like I don't want it to come across that way because I'm I'm really big on like collaboration. We all have a role to play. We're all stakeholders with this child. We're all advocating for this child. So is there like how how can allied health professionals in like your perfect world work with educators or support educators? Like what do you guys want from us? I th- I think it's exactly what you've said. It's mm. it's a team working towards the same goal of mm. for the child. But I I know of cases and I've experienced it myself where we may have different philosophies that underline what how we practice as yeah. well. So that can be um can be challenging at times, mm. but I think if you come from the space of um of working together and and not, and it respecting each other's role yeah, as okay. well. And I think that's one of the most important aspects. Mm. Um, I know I've had I've been involved in a, um, a care plan meeting before and 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 had all the um, different support so, sort of and I found it really really beneficial but not yeah. everyone has the totally. the time or capacity to be able to do that well that so, was going to be my next question sorry to cut you off but like so, like are some like so, like in my head I've got the ideal plan of like what I think would be awesome in day in the daycare setting or the you know early education yeah. setting but like I obviously I'm not there I'm not the educator I've, I'm only thinking of one kid because that's my only yeah. client so do yeah. you find sometimes that the strategies that allied health clinicians are suggesting are like out of reach or a bit unrealistic in regards to like what they're expecting you guys to do at times yes yeah. um and I think it comes down to you know you've we've got here 28 children mm. that we're responsible for um with supervision you know making sure that we've got everything going that we're running a program that's providing the educational content that is going to keep their day flowing and everything like that yeah sometimes some strategies can be very um direct individualized now Mm. when we look at our curriculum in um, early childhood we do look at each child's individual learning and development but when they're sort of very specific strategies, um, sometimes it is hard to implement. Yeah. Um, what I have found, if I can give you an example, we had mm-hmm. um, an allied health member last year who was coming in for visits to support a particular child. But then she ran a group time for us um, and talked about uh, emotional regulation type mm. strategy. And I think it really benefited the child as well because it wasn't just directed to him, it was to the whole, yeah, got whole it. group. And then they started 
because this information is great for every child. Everyone, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's, agree, it's, totally. Um, it's really important that we support all the children within the mm. space as well to build those skills. So that I found really, really was a partnership and was mm. really well and it supported. involves everyone, right? Like it doesn't exclude yeah. anyone accidentally. It involves everyone, like you said, the child, the client, of the allied health professional doesn't feel like they're being singled out or taken away from fun activity. They can't, they're entering as a group. So yeah, Yeah. I think that's a really, that's a really good way of um, doing things as well. So let's say like I'm a parent and I have a psychologist or an OT or a speech pathologist on board that I would love to link in with the school, or I am the psychologist or allied health clinician. And I want to, you know, link in with you guys what's the best way to do that like is there an ideal way that you guys like or you like for us to do that is it just an email is it a phone call is it just a visit to catch up like what does it look like I think for each service it's a little bit different different management structures different um admin supports those sort of things in the bigger um daycare settings I guess communicating through the reception type director um or admin type role and including in you know a discussion with the room leader or the teacher that's that's in charge of the space can be really mm-hmm. beneficial um the for our structure and we're in a small sessional kinder that's committee run so mm-hmm. ours is a little bit different um email a, and follow up with a phone call but we're not always around on the phone yeah, so i find e- emails are a little bit easier um we have set planning time that we're able to get back and action those things and Mm. if you're playing phone tag it can be a little bit hard when you have to be on the um on the floor with the children um to be having those conversations but yeah just reaching out to where if there's an admin uh type role that can put you in contact I think that's the best um way because as uh, a lot of early childhood educators are extremely busy um throughout the day because yeah <laughs> we have limited time to do our paperwork side oh of God, things yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's so funny you say that because I remember specifically the day so my um oldest when he was still in like the younger kids room he was the first one to stop napping in the younger kids' yes. room, and all the educators are like, "Great! Like, when are we gonna have our lunch break now? Like, when are we gonna unwind?" And I'm like, "I'm so sorry, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. tell you." Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, like, I totally get it. You guys barely have a second to wee at times, so <laughs> it might be really, really like I struggle with looking after one or two at home. I don't know how you guys do it with like twenty eight in the classroom. Yeah, bow down to you. So, what are then? Like if there's a clinician or a parent listening to this episode, right, what are three things that you wish people knew about your role and like the role that you guys play in in child development and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I think um, I have a couple of things that I, you know, my ideal if I could tell everyone is that um, that it's a a very cliche but it's not just babysitting. Yeah, Um, totally. So... Often, you know, you'll hear the comment or you get to play with kids all day and you just get to have it. And, and we do have lots of fun. Don't get yeah. me wrong. We have a lot of fun. But in between that fun is the most amazing learning going on. Totally. That it might just look like um, a simple painting of a piece of wattle, for example. Mm. 
but there's been a story behind that and so much learning that we're taking a considered approach to supporting your child's learning totally. and development there's always a um, goal to the play right like it's play-based learning and it's not just yeah. let's stuff around and see what activity we can pull out of our bums today like there's yeah. a curriculum yeah. To follow. yeah so that that and the I guess the other thing is and what a lot of people don't realize is just how much paperwork and okay. documentation is required sort of behind the scenes which as we just spoke about we we don't get yeah adequate time you know we don't get um you know we're not sitting in an office nine to five doing all the documentation sort of thing and there's so many different requirements and you know particularly in my role um here I really try to communicate as much as I can with all the allied health but there is times that other priorities course come across you know and because we've got paperwork and all all different things to do so that's another big one because I think a lot of people don't realize how much we have to do like Mm. uh, in a requirements like um you know I hear it a lot on the pages and things like that about you know it's it's amazing we love documenting the learning and how we put that through our service but it takes time away from oh my god yeah I I sometimes get updates from like our educators in like the app or whatever and it's like four o'clock on a Sunday and I'm like oh my god that's your time that you're meant to be with your families and here you are letting me know how my kid's doing and I love it don't get me wrong I love the updates but a bit of me is like oh spend the time with your family too (laughs) yeah and and that um you know that sort of leads into my next one as well is that I think we at times we have these apps and everything, you know, in our society, we're so on mm. everything is accessible. So times have changed a little bit where everyone wants those updates. They want that story park post. They want that, um, you know, getting those beautiful documentation. So that's our documentation. Yeah. But um, sort of the expectation is is bigger and bigger of, yeah, okay. of how much content we have to give out sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I actually said something to our families um, last year when we, we put Story Park on and I said, don't expect us to reply during session oh my God, because yeah. that's when we're with your children. Yeah. You know? um, there was, I have had times where I've had at other services that expectation that, like I needed to reply really quickly. Oh my and god! Like, yeah. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I'm meant to be with your child right How now. How crazy is this? I follow this. Like, I actually don't know why. Do you guys? Do you ever get, like follow someone on Instagram and then like they pop up and you're like, when the hell did I start following? Like, what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I follow this like Canadian mum influencer and like couldn't even tell you why I started following her years ago but like one of those people I just don't unfollow because I'm like curious every now and then and she um shared like when her one of her kids started daycare she could like there was a camera that she could like look in and watch her kid and I was like oh my god I'm so happy that that's not an option for me because number one I think I would obsess over it but number two like (laughs) it's really hard I think to like be in the moment with kids when you know you're being watched like yes that to me like that seems like a step too far kind of like what you're saying like we've almost got this expectation that we need all this communication and yes communication is important yes but like like I've said before like educators aren't going to tell you every time your kid 
hit someone. Otherwise, they'd be probably calling you 23 hours of the day, you know. It happens. They're going to tell you when something really awesome happens that's important that they share and they're going to tell you if they have a concern. Everything else is just a bonus. Yeah. And I experienced that as a parent myself. My son is in four-year-old kinder and I work in a four-year-old kinder. Yeah. And some things that that expectation I'm like, oh, but I just want to know. And I'm like, I'm always telling myself off, like, no, it's fine. Like, you know <laughs> that it's, but you know, so the things that sort of I want as a parent, I'm sort of saying like, oh, you know, we need to ma- manage <laughs> time, but then I want it too. So 100%, I can, it's so hard. Like, you know, but um, I think a lot of the time it just comes down to time and, and yeah. you know, we do tend to do some of those things in our own time because yeah. We are so passionate and want to share, mm. like, you know, that 4 p.m. post on a Sunday probably because they were really excited about whatever he yeah. had done. Totally. Whereas, and I love and I, that. I love that yeah. about the educators. Like yeah. I love that you guys are passionate. Like for me, I just don't think you become an early childhood educator if you don't love kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, I couldn't think of a worse career if you don't like kids. <laughs> so I like I think you know, speaking for the vast majority, you guys are so passionate about it and you are so passionate about wanting to set kids up for success in those early years and lay that solid foundation that it would only make sense that, you know, you're part of that collaborative open team, that stakeholder team. Yeah, and I think it's a really important aspect because we spend, you know, our sessions here are seven and a half hours. If you're in a daycare, you can sometimes be having children more, more mm. frequent than they're, you know, if someone's working full time, yeah, we spend quite a substantial amount of time with the child. Totally. So why not reflect things that are going on at home into the? I love that. Yeah, that's know, such that, a good way of looking at it. Because we're we're able to give um, the child so much different perspective as well. Mm. Um, their family's the first teacher, but um, you know, we also have that positive impact as well Um, and you guys are such a huge part of like the kids like our our educators at our daycare we love them they babysit for us on weekends and my kids like not Elliot he hasn't started yet but Luca loves them so yeah I like part of the family (laughs) you know what I mean Um, but I guess what I'm taking away from this chat which I think is going to be really really helpful for a lot of people just to understand a little bit more um which is what I was hoping to get so thank you um what I'm taking away from it is that if you as an allied health clinician need to engage with educators and they're not getting back to you for whatever reason, just follow up because you guys are smashed off your feet. You're busy. Um, yeah. Be realistic about some of the strategies that you're suggesting, but ask for that feedback. Like it might seem realistic to you, but it may not be realistic for the centre. So collaborate with the centre and figure out a way that your strategy can be used in an appropriate way in that setting. And also yeah. everyone wants those lines of communication open. So like on both ends, don't be afraid to, you know, send a follow-up email or yeah. a monthly check-in or whatever that may look like for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jade. I, like like I said, my biggest hope for this chat would be that people get an understanding of <laughs> that being an early educator is not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not all play. That's a big component of it. You obviously love your job. You love the kids. But there's other stuff that you guys do and it's a lot of stuff that <laughs> you guys do so thank you yeah. so much for that and sharing your insight um yeah and educating us all 
Thank you so much for having me. I've appreciated my first podcast, but thank you. you. Well, you did great. Thanks.